Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at Crowd Church. If you're new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Wow, good evening and welcome to Crowd Online Church. Beside me, uh, in a, in a, with a very different background, is the beautiful John Harding. John, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing very well, thank you, Matt. And it's always a pleasure to be able to connect into Crowd and to chat to you and join with all the lovely Crowd people. So good evening to you all. Yeah, good evening. Welcome. Crowd is an online church. If you're not sure or not been here before, if you're first time with us, then welcome to you. Great to have you. Uh, do say hi in the comments. Let us know where you're watching from. Be great to chat. Be great to hear from you. Now, it is fair to say, John, the last few months we have been doing the live stream from the studio. But alas, we are not doing that today for, well, for reasons which will probably become obvious the more people get to know you, I would have thought. Well, indeed. I mean, we are, as a family, just in some temporary accommodation right in the shadow of the uh, Anfield Stadium whilst our house is having major building work so um so yeah we've squashed into a little room i've got a, a mural on the wall of virgil van dyke and um yeah we just uh, i've got the dog sat on the left of me i've got my youngest lad sat on the right of me so they're all engaged with crowd church this evening in that way so yes i'm not i'm, I'm not in the studio and i'm not in my usual sort of office where i normally connect into so um hopefully everyone can forgive me for the chaotic yeah, background i'm sure and it's not usual to actually have uh, a virgil van dyke painting behind you either it's, it's probably fair to say no this is the virgil room and each room has got a different mural on the wall they <laughs> really want to close out the, the sort of supporters that come the, the yeah. that come 
Yeah, to the and game. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, and can you hear the stadium from where you are? Yeah, yes, almost. You could certainly like like wander down and get the sort of match day vibes. So yeah, Fantastic. but we're hoping not to be here for too long. So those of you who are praying people, pray that my electrician and plumber and builder all like keep cracking on with the work so we can get <laughs> um, into our place uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, all keep doing what they should be doing. So, uh, well, no, it's, it's good that you're with us. Now, welcome to those in the comments. I'm just looking down the comments here. We've got Ashton in the comments. Uh, hi, Ashton. Hi, Andy. Andy's with us. Tobias is with us. Hey, Tobias, how are you guys doing? Great to have you along with us. Now, today we have uh, Dave Conley chatting to us, uh, carrying on our journey through the book of Acts. And... It's just short. I was John and I was talking about it. it's a bit of a short talk, so we're going to get straight into it, um, and then John and I will be back for Conversation Street afterwards. Uh, if you don't know the Book of Acts, we've been working our way through it. It is a brand well, I say brand new series. It's entirely wrong. It's not brand new at all. We've been doing it for an inordinately long time. It feels like <laughs> we've been going through Acts. I think since it was written. Uh, is probably the, is the right thing to say. Uh, but we are coming to the end of it now, the last few weeks. Dave's starting to bring it all in uh, for us. We've got Peter. Oh, the guys are in from Spain. How you doing, guys, from Spain? Warm welcome to you. Great to have you. Um, I just noticed that in the comments. Uh, they normally join us on Facebook. You've thrown me because you're on YouTube tonight, it, it seems like. So um, warm welcome to you. Uh, but yes, Dave, he's going to be carrying on the journey through the Book of Acts. Uh, the Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. The book is called, isn't it? It's an official title, John. Um, and it, it is. Although yeah. um, I prefer to call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be pedantic about it, <laughs> because um, it's about the power of the Spirit at work through the apostles. Yeah. It, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, and so we are working our way through that, um, and then yeah. We will be back for Conversation Street. So if you've got any questions, any thoughts, any comments, write them in the comments below. Whatever platform you're watching this on, if you're watching it live, if you're watching it on YouTube, you can write in the YouTube comments. If you're watching it on Facebook, you can write it in the Facebook comments and we will see yeah, them. Questions, comments, reflections. We'd love to engage with you, interact. And I'd really encourage you, Dave Connolly is an absolute legend, yeah. a man of maximum integrity who really walks the walk. Uh, a real pastor to pastors. So I'm looking forward to pressing into what Dave has to say. So I'd really encourage everyone to just really have an open heart to uh, what Dave brings this evening. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to get into that right now. Like I say, John, we'll be back. John and I will be back after this. We'll see you in a few minutes. Welcome. Lovely to be with you today. Today, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 25, starting at verse 13. This portion of scripture is entitled Paul before Agrippa. It's a significant portion of scripture we're going to look at today and we're just going to reference it. I'd like to encourage you to take the time to read it for yourselves. I just want to use my time to draw out some highlights. Highlights that I believe can be of help to us. We read that Paul is still in custody. Paul makes his defense with um, Festus, a Roman official. Festus goes into Jerusalem and he met with the chief priests and the leading men of the Jews. They were complaining to him about Paul and all that Paul had said and done. They said it'd be best if Paul was brought to Jerusalem to stand trial because after all, 
he had violated their religious laws. They were actually trying to set up an assassination attempt on Paul's life. It's at this time Paul appeals to Caesar. A little while later, King Agrippa and his sister Benice arrive and they're very interested in what's been taking place. So they decide to see for themselves. So they bring Paul before them. Paul must have been naturally fearful at this time. Surely he was thinking, what's going to happen to me? Will God protect me again? What happens if I'm found guilty? I'm sure these were just a few of the questions that were swirling round his mind at this time. It must have been challenging for him, with all that was going on, to put his trust in God's plan, to lay down his own anxiousness and trust Jesus. Have you noticed that when we're called to take faith steps, it's not always easy to take those steps? Choices always required? My friends, we may never be in Paul's exact situation or circumstance, only God knows that. But here is what I do know. We often feel on trial. We often feel like we're being judged by others. We feel misunderstood. We feel persecuted. When we take a stand for Jesus, we can feel like an outcast. We feel isolated. When we stand for the truth of God's word over cultural ideology, we are put down often or mocked. As I read through this story, I asked myself, what can I learn from Paul? and the way he handled himself in these verses. What stood out was not to rush to defend myself, do what is right and trust God with the consequences. And we see that referenced in verses 1 to 12. Paul did not put up an elaborate defense of why he was innocent. He was honest and truthful, but he didn't go on and on. Will you read with me verse 10 and 12? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you very well know. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Paul says, if he's guilty, he would accept the consequences. Paul did not waver in his words or his actions. He stood in confidence because he trusted in the plan of God. There is so much to learn from the life of Paul. We can be confident in our stand for Jesus because it's Jesus we answer to. Let's be clear on what we're standing for. In verse 19, it says this, They had some points of dispute with him, that's Paul, about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed to be alive. When King Agrippa and Bernice's sister came there, there was no wondering about what Paul was standing for. They knew clearly he was standing for Jesus. He was not standing against their government. He was not standing against their leadership. He was standing for Jesus and he had said this with great clarity. I'm sure you know that we are known for the things we stand for and for what we're against. When we take a stand for Jesus, do it with clarity. It's my experience that when we stand well, it leads to open doors to share Jesus. Open doors to share our story of Jesus and how he has impacted our lives. It did for Paul and we read that in chapter 6 verses 12 to 32. 
My question for us today is, will we rise up to the challenge of taking a stand? That means to take a stand with confidence, clarity, respect, honour, boldness, gentleness, kindness, love. We will truly be shocked about how many doors open when we take a stand for Jesus. Even though people will disagree passionately with us, there is something about someone who takes a stand with these values. Don't expect to be loved by everyone. Jesus wasn't, so why should we? But be true to Jesus and stand in his redeeming love. Today, more than any time in history, God's people need to take a stand on God's word and to take a stand in the power and the love of Jesus. My prayer is that we would be prepared to rise to the challenge. We are called to take a stand amongst all those people where God has placed us, to take a stand with the message of Jesus in the love of Jesus. My friends, take your stand wherever it is that God has placed you, with whom God has placed you, and see the doors open for you to share his amazing love. God bless you. Welcome back. Think about Davis, John. He packs so much in such a short space of time. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to cover, so much to get I'm, on with. It's the challenge, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you know, it's not just a talk. Think about if you really put that into practice. Yeah. I'm just sat there. I mean, I think it's a Dave Connolly-ism, isn't it? He says, if you can't say amen, say ouch. It's <laughs> very does, yeah, yeah. That's challenging, isn't it? You know, yeah. in today's world, in today's culture, mm. um, to have that that call to us as well. Yeah, no, it is. It is. There's a few things that he said, though, that I want to sort of unpack a little bit uh, for those that might not be familiar, maybe with some of the terminology. Um, so he, he uses this phrase, he used the phrase towards the end, didn't he? We need to stand on God's word. Mm. Um, just unpack that for us a little bit, John. What what does Dave mean, or what do we mean in church when we say take a stand on God's word? I think one of the the one thing you won't find in your Bible is your opinion. Um, <laughs> Such a good phrase, love that. Yeah, yeah. I've got to come to it recognizing. I've got. I I, I would just say to people, you're either going to reject it, mm. or you've got to believe. It is what it says of itself, which is revelation from the heart and mind of God. Mm. And so, um, so when Dave says take a stand on God's word, you hear people giving all sorts of perspectives, which they're entitled to, yeah. all sorts of opinions, which they're entitled to. Uh, but not all opinions are equal and mm. not all perspectives are equal. I'm trying to measure people's opinions and perspectives against god's word which i believe is true in a unique way mm. in a way that does not have any other equal and i try to do that with myself and my own opinions and perspectives so when dave says stand on god's word what he's saying is um people over here may be telling me this people over there may be telling me that i'm measuring it against what god's word says yeah because that is truth that is that is truth that is the foundation that's yeah. why we can stand
stand on it. Jesus himself tells a little parable, wise and foolish builders. Whoever hears my words and puts my words into practice is a wise builder. Their house will not be shaken in the storms of life. Mm. So we're standing on a foundation that's firm yeah. um, as opposed to a sinking foundation, uh, foundation mm. when it's based on our own opinions and whims and perspectives. Yeah. Very good. Miriam's put here in the comments, uh, it doesn't mean to stand, literally stand on the Bible. She's put with a crying emoji. In fact, I can put this on the screen, I think. There we go. It doesn't mean to stand on a Bible, but to rise up when you read it and make your own decision about if you want God in your life or not. Uh, which is, I think it's, it's interesting terminology, isn't it? And it is interesting how, yes, we can think, you know, you hear things like standing on God's word or standing on the Bible. Well, you literally stand on No, no, we're taking a stand on the basis of that. Um, and you're choosing to believe it uh, as your ultimate source of truth, aren't you? And Dave took that one step further, which is to put that into a voice. Um, and I think that we live in a very pluralistic word. You do you, I'll do mm. me, you do your truth, I'll do my truth. And so it has become really quite unpopular, the idea that you would say, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. I think you're wrong because mm. what you're saying is different to God's word. Mm. Um, and in one sense, like I get that, but in another sense, um, particularly because Dave's speaking as a leader and a prophetic voice, I do agree with him. I, I think we're called to make a stand mm. in society saying we don't think that's right yeah we don't th this is how the world should be yeah and call people into that unfortunately when you do uh you 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 yeah when you do that you run the risk of ending up like paul rejected mm. uh persecuted um but i think yeah i i think nonetheless we're called to do that uh and speak that truth unfortunately a lot of christians don't speak the truth in love and they get right. caught up in lots of endless arguments and debates because they think they're making a stand on God's word and they want to use God's word to correct other people, mm. which is not what it's there for, is it? It's there as a mirror to look into, to yeah. sort of call us into truth first and to model that then to others. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, an evening, Nicola, um, uh, welcome to Nicola. And John, well, can, let me carry on with this conversation, but don't let me forget to come back to Ashton's question. We've got to, we've, there's a question that Ashton's asked that I need to come back to about football. Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to that one. Um, but this, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, there is this real tension then, isn't there, for Christ, as Christians to go, I want to stand on God's word. I want to hold fast to that. I guess how do we des um, how do we understand the boundaries of that? So you know, someone makes some kind of comment um, that's not popular in the modern world, for example, and you kind of go, uh, it, was, "It could be even simpler, couldn't it? It could be just like somebody is gossiping about somebody else in the workplace, for example, right?" And I sit there and I hear it, and I go, "Well, I'm not going to get involved with that." But should I speak up against that? How do we know where those where those lines lie, right? Yeah, I mean, it's very challenging, isn't it? Because mm. in one sense, I don't think the church is very good when it's pointing out to non-Christians who do not have the Holy Spirit living within them to empower them to follow God's word, how they ought to be living. Mm. 
well, we, we just undermine our witness in doing that. Yeah, we do. Um, so I think it needs um, us to be as um, wise as serpents, innocent as doves, mm. to make sure that all of our speech is grace and truth. We were chatting a little bit earlier, weren't we, about my mum, and she's 89 and a Yorkshire woman and very forthright and outspoken. <laughs> I think she can get away with it in one yeah. sense because it comes from such a heart of love yeah. for people so um so if there's no cost to what you're saying if it's not coming from a heart of love then you probably should shut up yeah. you see you you know you i mean like i am a pastor in a working in a church you your day-to-day -day job is in business isn't it so you mm. must find all the time that you are faced with choices where you could go one way or another way and yeah. one of those ways may well be more aligned to god's truth yeah. and god's word you know how you use your finances for example yeah. how you treat clients for example yeah no totally we had um and and I've, i may have used this example before on crab but it's just one of those things that's really stood out to me over the years is we years ago we were when I had a bookkeeping and accounting business, this is going back a little while, I don't have this company anymore. Um, we were asked by an agency if if I would do an interview. To, there's this one guy who couldn't get a job. And they're like, we don't understand what's going on. Would you interview him for the role and give us feedback? Would you let us know why he's not getting the role? And I'm like, sure, totally, why not? And so uh, we came in, we had him come in for an interview for a, a job that we had going. And... Um, <laughs> He said, I sit there with a the person, I go, listen, I, I, I mean, you know, this is my company, right? And I am a Christian. And whilst I don't expect you to have my beliefs, I expect you to uphold my, the principles of those beliefs in this business, right? So for example, we don't lie to clients. If something, if we do something wrong, we admit it. If there's a mistake we've made, we, we fess up to it. Um, we just don't lie. We, we just, we come out with the truth and we, and we do it well, we don't, you know, it's not like we do it ineffectively, I suppose, but we do it well. And the guy said to me, and I, I, I quote you word for word, and I can still remember this conversation. He said to me, he said, well, okay, not a problem. If you have trouble lying to people because you are a Christian, no problem. Just give me the phone. I will lie to the clients for you and it'll all be fine. And I was like, I think you've missed the point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've missed yeah. the point. And it, it is that case of, I think sometimes trying to understand these boundaries in which we operate, like where should I speak at? What should I say? It, no, actually, this is what's wrong is wrong. Um, and yeah, I agree. Yeah. And um, I've got, I've got, I've got, I'm going to do the final talking acts on Acts 28. You are. Actually, I think it's first 13. It just says from morning to evening, Paul talks about the kingdom of God and who was Jesus. Mm. And I, I, I think like like when it comes to what we talk about as Christians, let's just keep it focused on Jesus. Ashton makes a really good comment about yeah. the complexity of how different denominations interpret the scriptures. Mm. I think it's worth saying the crowd is non-denominational in the sense that yeah. we connect to lots of churches. Um, so. You know, you, you may have a denomination that says this is a particular teaching or that's a particular teaching. I, I, I think just read God's word in community with others 
and yeah. humbly try your best to understand it and put it into practice. I, that would be my advice to people, even if there's a cost to it or a fallout to it. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to know more about this and dig deeper into it, check out the talk we did called Grace and Truth. Um, and it's a real interesting line we have to walk as Christians that we live a life of grace, but we also live a life of truth. And and understanding how those two things function side by side is really quite uh, powerful. Hey, Matt, Nicola wants to know if he ever got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. We, we, I, I actually ended the interview right there and I just said, dude, <laughs> there's no point in carrying on, is there really? Uh, and so we give the feedback to the company, but no, he didn't, he didn't get the job. Um, I can tell you about another, it's nothing related to anything that we're talking about, but as it's just popped into my head, I may as well share it. We did this one job interview where we were advertising for a marketing role and to, uh, when the way we do it, when you apply for a job at our company, you have to fill out an application form and the application form could care less about your education, but it does care about your character right and and what you value and so we ask really bizarre questions where there's no right or wrong answer we just ask them to see how you how you answer them uh and um one of the questions is you know if you were a superhero what would your superpower be we give them a, a little box to draw like a superhero costume and we've had you know everything from sort of stick men to full-on you know paintings in that box when people have applied to jobs anyway we had one person apply for a job they sent their friend down with an application um they made their friend dress up as batman and came with a tray of cupcakes <laughs> i mean i can i can weave that into a, a story that relates to what you were just saying about like speaking the truth because back in the day when i was a school teacher 11 to 18 year olds i um looked after the um the pupils that struggled to uh, be in school and access the curriculum because yeah. of their behavior and i was teaching a little bit this class about how to fill in an application form and a cv and um and there was a section that said other qualifications and so one of the girls said um she would have been 16 she said hey sir um, what do you put in this other qualification? So I said to her, have you ever done anything that you've got a certificate for? She said, yes, I passed. I had an anger management course. <laughs> I said, don't, don't put it on your CV that you're making. Go on an anger management course. And I passed. Yeah. And I'd get that CV and I, I wouldn't know what that means. Does that mean you're, you're, you know how to be angry? I <laughs> Really funny. Bring it back onto the topic. I would love to know what you think about Paul's appeal to Caesar, because um, here's Paul as a a, a thoroughbred Jew, mm. a Jew of the Jews, but somewhere along the line, his father or grandfather must have earned the right as a, to be yeah. a Roman citizen. Mm -hmm. So Paul is born as a Roman citizen. That means. Mm that some of the ways they've treated him were actually illegal. And so, um, Paul, actually, I noticed someone was on uh, from Spain saying hi from Spain. Paul's intention is to get to Spain. Yeah. Uh, that's what he wants to do. Uh, but uh, the Spirit has told him he'll end up in Rome. So he appeals to Caesar, the highest authority in the world at that time. He has a right to have a trial and an audience with Caesar, and he uses it as I appeal to Caesar. Yeah. And I've often wondered what that feeds into in terms of like um, 
our rights yeah um and and how we use them or not yeah. or insist on them or not as followers of jesus i i often think around the importance of defending people's freedom of expression of conscience whether i agree with their perspective or not yeah because if that gets eroded at, as it is being eroded at the ability to be able to talk about our christian faith and we wouldn't be able to do this sort of stuff and broadcast in this sort of way so i would not necessarily say oh you know we should be street preachers with megaphones preaching yeah. um in in the city centers but i think it's important to uphold people's right to do that mm. because it's the freedom of conscience that allows us to share jesus freely as opposed to a part of the world where there's persecution and yeah. people are not allowed to do that so just wondered what you thought about you know some people say paul shouldn't in fact i think festus and agrippa are like why did he do that we could have let yeah. him go if he would have done that so did he do the right thing appealing to caesar um maybe maybe not i think he did obviously um, yeah but i wonder what you thought about that matt what of what folks thought who were sort of tuning in it's an interesting one isn't it because you're right i there are, there are times when, I, if I look back over my life, there are times where I have been wronged, right, in some way. Something was going on that should not have been going on. And you're faced with a choice. Um, do I take this to the courts, for example? Do I appeal to a higher part of authority in this land to try and get this matter resolved yes or no and it's not because i was persecuted as a christian i'll be totally straight this was well maybe one of them was actually uh but it's it's one of those where you go could i do that yes or no and i i don't know john if i've got a hard and fast rule that actually sometimes i felt god say yes do that and i felt sometimes god say no you don't need to do that now i know in the news um this last week, there was a guy uh, who was a who was arrested by the police, I think, and charged with hate crimes as a street preacher. Um, and the Christian Institute came across his case. There was no evidence. They appealed his case. They lost the appeal, and they took it to the High Court. And I think they won. And the police have had to pay. I don't know yeah. a shed load of money and damages. Um, and he's obviously gone to the high court. I don't know what's above the high court. I'm sure there's something, you know, we could go to. But uh, the high court is one of the highest courts in the land, isn't it? So they felt it was right to take it that far as Christians. And I think it's quite um, interesting because not everything I would suggest has to go that far. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And someone said about um, being led by the spirit. Um, I think that's really important, the mm. discernment of the spirit. Um, I would say as a pastor, the discernment of the spirit in community mm. is really valuable. Paul is making this decision to go to Rome. And if you remember the story of Agabus, the prophet who takes the belt off and binds his hands as a prophetic symbol of what will happen. Yeah. Um, there's that mutual discernment in community yeah. together. And so like yeah. you and I will move up every so often for breakfast, talk about some of the big decisions we're making in life. Mm. What do you think, you know? So does that what? So I'm, I would be nervous about someone saying, "Oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to do this or not to do that." Uh, we, uh, the question I'd be asking is, "Who are you mutually yeah. co-turning that with yeah. um, in community?" 
Romans 12, 1. We often know that verse. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Rarely do we quote the next verse that says, then you will be able to test and approve yeah. the good, perfect, pleasing will of God. Yeah. And so if someone try to work out something as big as do I take to court? Do I appeal to Caesar? Whatever yeah. version of that we have these days. I'd be saying, well, is it surrendered to God? Yeah. You know, have you got your own axe to grind here? Or is it like, Lord, I'll do it or I won't do it. It's entirely up to you. And yeah. I'm not sure how you can really get to that point of surrender if you're not bringing in a few trusted friends and mentors who you can say what do you think and do you think i'm doing this for the right reason yeah, yeah, yeah. and those questions of each other super powerful because i think for me if i think about the instances where i face those decisions i'm very emotional at this point usually quite angry because i usually feel like yeah. there's a sense of injustice yeah um, and so you the the counsel and the wisdom like Dave Conley has talked me out of going to court on a few occasions because it's like, actually, I don't think you should on this occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just having that with, you know, that perspective has been super, super helpful because especially because they're emotionally charged events, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The other thing with the illustration you used about the street preacher, I think that um, we're just going to be careful that we don't, in, you know, coming back to standing on God's truth or others' opinions, we're just going to be careful, like, that we don't get the impression from the world, the world around us that we're not free to share our faith. Yeah, You really are, in this country, have massive amounts of laws that, uh, you know, it's enshrined in law, yeah. that freedom to be able to communicate your Christian faith. Yeah. Um, whether a police officer, you know, who does a great job in societies interpret that correctly or not, yeah. invariably those people will... Um, will be cleared you know yeah. but I mean, no one can go through that but mm. i think it, in this spiritual warfare that we're in i think it is intimidation really mm. and i would encourage everyone to speak frequently of jesus to the people around them and live in a way that um doesn't annoy people if you know what i mean doesn't upset yeah. people you know don't don't be an idiot don't be like you know if you're going to speak about jesus in the workplace and you don't want people to get annoyed, make sure you're the best employee. Yeah. If you're going to speak about Jesus in a community, make sure you're serving that community. Yeah. Uh, that's the way to avoid, probably to avoid people sort of like um, that that sort of, that situation that Paul ended up in. Yeah, absolutely. Top advice. Yeah. Top advice. So when Dave talks about then... Um, standing on God's word. We understand a little bit more about what that means. And he also talked about taking, um, It's he said it's not easy to always take a step of faith or to take the step of faith. Yeah. Um, and I wrote that down and, I, and I, just, I just wondered, one, let's just dig into that a little bit more and, and, and explain what taking a step of faith means. And probably let's throw a few examples out there of, of what that has actually meant for you uh, and for yeah. me as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Christianism, isn't it? It's a bit of jargon. What does it really mean? I believe the phrase uh, leap of faith was coined by Søren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher. Um, and I think he talks about it quite effectively in terms of like logic, the rational mind, but the following God requires us to do something beyond that. Yeah. 
So, you know, you may well be standing on God's word. You may be knowing God's word. You may be being obedient to God. But there are times where you just have to take a bit of a risk. You have to say, I think this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to have a go. Yeah. Um, and um, Hebrews 11 is a really important way of defining what faith actually looks like. Faith yeah. is the substance of what is hoped for. Yeah, the certainty of what is hoped for, the substance of what is not seen. Mm. And so, um, I, I, I mean, I'll sort of talk myself into examples in a moment, I'm sure. But I'm just, the times, like, for example, where you look at your bank account and you think that God is telling you to be generous towards somebody. Yeah. Makes no rational sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to give away money and not have less money initially that's very true yeah it's very very that, true so you will have less mm. um and yet you feel god's called you to do it and so yeah. you take a step of faith you take a leap of faith you could think well i'm going to do it because i know that god will catch me i know that god has got me mm. i'm standing on god's promises to say i'm standing on his word i know that he'll provide for me yeah so you know, we, we, we've had that in our lives over the years in all sorts of ways. When I left teaching to lead a church, that was a step of faith yeah. because it meant I went from a very stable job that had a very stable income, that had a pace spine and pace scale that I could progress through over the years mm. um, into an environment that wasn't like that. Now, that's because I felt God clearly speaking to us about it, but it was still yeah. a step of faith. Yeah. Interestingly, when we're talking about faithful friends and mentors, it was Dave who was like, do you know? Do you know? Are you certain? Mm. How certain are you? So people that ask those sorts of questions, but you must have had that um, many times in life as well, where you're taking a step of faith because there's a risk to it. It's like either God comes through for me in this Mm -hmm. um, or it all goes it all flat on its face. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always the way I've always thought about this. Um, I don't know if it's entirely helpful in every situation, so don't please don't form a theology out of it, folks. But it's one of those things where I've always believed that God can handle my failure much more than He can handle my disobedience. Uh, and so I'd rather fail at having a go at yeah. something as in. I think God has said this. I'm fairly sure. Let's have a go. I'd rather get it wrong and fail than I would be the kind of guy that just sits there and goes, hmm. I'd rather be Peter getting out of the boat than the other 11 sitting in the boat. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I mean, you can, and again, sorry, I met up with Dave earlier in the week, you know, <laughs> for a catch-up. So I'm like quoting Dave all the time. But he's like, oh, John, why do these people want to keep putting a fleece out, a fleece after a fleece? You know that story, putting yeah, a fleece yeah. out. Yeah. You think if it's wet in the morning or whatever, yeah. Dave says, put fleece out, they end up being fleeced. <laughs> I would just say that if you want to actually really mature as a Christian, start to start to start to look to be rapidly, instantly obedient in little things. Yeah. I, I think that when people say they can't hear the voice of God, often it's because the little nudges of the spirit they've ignored. Yeah. yeah. Each time, time after time after time. Yeah. So t- to take a little, take a real little step this week where you, you, I'm sure the Lord will say, go and say hi to that person. Make that person a cup of tea. 
uh, give that person a phone call or yeah. send them a message to encourage them. And you've got a choice in that moment. Think, oh, I've probably just had too much cheese the night before. That's not God. Um, or, or, oh yeah, just do it. Yeah. And, 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 and practicing that little bit of obedience yeah. and stepping out, taking those little steps, I think aligns us to take bigger steps and bigger risks in God, knowing that he's absolutely always faithful to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's super, super good. It's um, super. It, it, you're right. It's the little things. It's a. It's though he who is faithful in the little will also be faithful in the much, right? And I and I think it's one of those things where um, I remember someone saying to me about faith once. You know, this faith is like a muscle and it needs to be exercised. Um, yeah. And and sometimes we feel like you come to Christianity and it's like well, I need to have faith to raise the dead. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. But there's there's this whole journey along the way. And I remember I remember years ago, the the very first time this sort of clearly happened to me. So I remember standing in my room at university where I had, do you remember Walkmans, John? I mean, this is how far back we're going, right? Over 30 I years ago. I think this is a different generation to me, Mark. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I had a Walkman and, I had, and, I had, and there was this teaching series, this tape teaching series, because we used to have to put tapes in our Walkmans to listen to people. We couldn't stream it back then. And I had these tapes and I really wanted to listen to them. Uh, and they were on the topic of faith. But the I, I got my Walkman out ready the night before and I was going to put it in my ears and I was going to walk to uni. It's a 45 minute walk. I thought I can get a tape in before I get, before I get to my lectures, but the batteries were flat on my Walkman. So they stopped working. And so I remember standing in my room going, this is really interesting, isn't it? Because I, I remember he, I had this phrase in the back of my head, you know, about how Christians want, you know, they try and believe God for the raising of the dead, but they can't believe God for a pair of new socks. Do you know what I mean? It was that kind of uh, ideology. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I remember praying, God, I would really like some new batteries for this Walkman, just praying, just a bizarre thing to do in a lot of ways. And I just remember going, God, I, I, I cast the carry this over onto you, didn't think about it, went to bed, woke up the next day, put the Walkman on my belt, put the headphones around my, my neck, as you did, and walked out my door. And there, right on, my, on the wall outside our house, because we were in one of these terraced houses in Liverpool where they had sort of, you know, walls in front of the houses. Right on the wall outside my house was um, two AA batteries, brand new, in the pack. There was a pack of four. They left two. Brand new, Duracell Plus. I mean, proper, you know, not cheap, but proper AA batteries. I just put them in my Walkman listen to the tape, walk into university. I was just praising God. And I just remember thinking it's the little things. It's the simple little things and the delighting yourself in, in those as, as much as it is the big things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Peter's put trusting God comes to mind and faith is really about right. that, isn't it? People say forsaking all I trust him, F-A-I-T-H. It, it's just sort of saying, Lord, I looked, I looked to you. I'm, I'm, you, you know, you can, try and meet your own needs make it happen for yourself um we we can't be passive in this christian life but faith is about saying god i look to you to provide i'm going to take yeah. a step of faith you know um and that is that is how it always works in scriptures you know you think about the feeding of the five thousand 
Um, first of all, you've got a, a young lad who surrenders his pat lunch. That's a step of faith, isn't it? Yeah. You've got this, the miracle happens in the disciples and they've got to break it and hand it out. They'd have looked stupid at that point. You think about the, the widow's oil that multiplied. Um, people have to, you, you know, you, if you want to walk and walk, you've got to get out of the boat. That faith yeah. is like taking an active step in god to tr to demonstrate that trust in god yeah and it's in that point that god proves himself to be true to you yeah no it is totally and it'll be in the small things and it'll be in the big things um and it's just it's just sort of the way life goes i've always i, I it's a bit self-helpy in some ways but i it's a very it's a very simple truism you always miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take and i think this is michael jordan that said that and it's that kind that of thing a, is that on a poster in your office it used to be yeah yeah. It's yeah, true yeah. though it is totally true you always miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take and i think that's what faith is about it's about going god i think i've heard you on this and i'm going to take a shot um yeah. and 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 just or, see what happens oh god i think i've heard you on this so i'm gonna s stop striving or yeah. stop do you know what i mean and that yeah, sort of i'm gonna rest in you there's always an, an action um i i think like um you know, you, you can look at the prophetic words of the Bible. You can look at the prophetic actions of the Bible. Mm. There's some some way of stepping into it, you know, and mm. activating faith. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're in a small businessman, one of the hardest things to do is to actually stop working, you know, and, and maybe God's calling you to actually just have a Sabbath day, just enjoy a day yeah. of rest every week, you know. Take a day of rest. Trust and believe that in that simple act of taking a day of rest god will mm. make the other six days more productive yeah so faith it's a step of faith yeah but what about work i won't get done exactly there's a risk you mm. might have get less work done or by saying lord i trust you i believe i'm being obedient to you i believe that's what your word says i'm going to rest maybe god will be true to his promises yeah and multiply your 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 work in the rest of the time which I would not maybe absolutely would but yeah. that's the point isn't it you don't know till you try yeah exactly and, it's just, and coming back to what you said earlier it's the same with finances i know we don't really talk an awful lot about um finances in some respects on crowd but there is this you and i would both hold the belief that actually tithing and being generous or t giving 10 at least 10 percent of your money to the gospel um to your local yeah. church to you know um Giving ten percent of your money, ten percent of your income is is a sensible thing to do. Yeah, God doesn't need your money. Actually, the church true. doesn't need your money. I, as an individual, need to give because mm. what it does is it breaks the power of consumerism over my life, and it helps me to, like it says, it help, in, in in Malachi, it helps me to to prove God in yeah. that step of faith. So I believe, well, Lord, if I if I, I'm I, as an because you promised to provide for me, mm. I'm giving away this money committed regularly whether i feel i've got it or not mm. that's what i'm doing to be obedient because i believe that you will multiply magnify the yeah. remainder of it yeah that's the step of faith financially which is a great adventure to go on yeah yeah absolutely i mean you've always told the story of of um of when you were a kid around that haven't you where you saw that with with was it with food oh yeah i mean like we we were the poorest kids around my dad had died shortly after we were born um we were in a mining town where there was no jobs um, my mum brought us up on her own we, we were the, everything we had was second hand but like I, I remember on two occasions distinctly like being no food in the house and uh, we sat at the table mum's my mum sat us at the table 
<laughs> Which the more I think about it, the more I think is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. She said, well, we're going to pray. So we prayed and there was a, a knock on the door, went to the door, there's a bag of food on the door, yeah. doorstep. You know, so in, in one sense, we all have different challenges as what faith steps are in. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are different things that would, you know, some people, for some people, it's money, for some people, it's time, and lots of different areas that God might call you to take a risk and step yeah. out. Of. Um, but for me, that's just, that's like, yeah, God will provide you. He always has done. He always yeah. will do. Um, because he's a good father and he, yeah. he he's promised to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Back. Full disclosure, it doesn't. God doesn't always provide in the way you think He's going to, right? And it's um, and and it's actually, I think faith is going. Yes, God will bring food to the door, but it's actually accepting that it might not be how I think it's going to happen, yeah. and I can still trust yeah. God with that, right? I remember another occasion that that happening, and um, we had like um, it was someone doing a survey in the town center saying hi we just opened up a new uh we just changed a menu a, a pub menu we're looking for some people who come and try the food and give us some feedback would you like to come along <laughs> that was one. so you know two very different that when i say yeah. two members of, of god doing that at a yeah. time where we didn't have that um yeah, yeah. And so now we're like yeah we want to have people around for food we want to be generous with people mm -hmm. it's quite exciting putting cash in an envelope and sticking it through someone's letterbox and not yeah. letting them know yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, um i still enjoy doing that yeah, yeah yeah you know so it's not that money's the main thing at all but in today's world you know they say the last part of a man to be sanctified is his wallet and his right foot you know the yeah. accelerate pedal on the car so we do <laughs> And the Lord's still working on that, mate. Um, we, do, we do want to talk about the challenging stuff as well, don't we? You know, um, but I, I really want to bring it back to Dave's point, which was in all of this, there's also that risk, that challenge of speaking about Jesus mm. and the risk of saying to someone, hey, you know, um, uh, would you like to come to church with me? Or, yeah. you know, can I share with you how God has changed my life? Yeah. or you know um can i give you this little flyer or can i give you a bible or mm. um when, you know when you said before about someone gossiping i'll tell you for me what i think is a more challenging example for me when i was in the workplace when someone's saying they're sick mm. and you think oh i think the lord might be saying offer to pray for them mm. so you're going to take that leap of faith and say can i can i pray for you i'm you know i believe that god still heals people today would you mm. Uh, mind if I prayed for you and let's see if God does something yeah. and so I think Dave rooted it in that idea of Paul being a witness for Jesus yeah, and I, I feel like that's a good place to cut, sort of bring it back to yeah um that that idea of like taking that risk to share Jesus with people yeah absolutely no it's very good very good to bring it back to that John uh, and a good place to to bring conversation street to a close I feel um, I do want to answer this one question of Ashton, though, that came up, uh, and uh, it goes like this. How does Liverpool, how does or how do Liverpool people decide whether to support Liverpool or Everton? I always wondered, as my city has only one great team in Newcastle. So. <laughs> well, I mean, both Matt and I would say, I'm only has one great team. 
But um, <laughs> Dave Blue, he is an Evertonian. He is, bless uh, him. So, um, no one's perfect, though, John, right? Yeah, no one's perfect. <laughs> you just have to go with how the Lord leads you, but uh, I, I do believe he has led Matt and I into all truth. So, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely it's one of those things where i i i think ashton i would answer that question it depends how much um depression you want in your life really <laughs> it's, it's one of those there's some everton fact there's one lady in fact um uh she's been on crowd actually if you go, if you listen to her story what's the story jenny oliver she did a, a story on the podcast uh lovely lady she was a liverpool fan married an Everton fan and then had to convert to sort of save her marriage for want of a better expression. So she's now an Everton fan and she's actually probably the biggest, strongest Raven Everton fan uh, in, in the office. And there's a few of a few uh, Everton fans in our office. I think the Liverpool fans have now become the minority, which is a bit of a shame, but, um, but yeah, I, I genuinely, I think a lot my experience Ashton with Liverpool is a lot of it is down to family Um and then if you come into Liverpool, which both John and I did, we're imports. Um, I came to Liverpool because of the football team, uh, because I was always a lifelong Liverpool fan. So, uh, yeah. Well, I grew up m mad about the rugby and a little bit ambivalent about the football, if I may say so. Right. Rugby and cricket were my sports growing up. And uh, it was my boys that dragged me into it. So I've had really? one of them here watching the Liverpool game uh, whilst we've been um, enjoying the four, well, I should, probably shouldn't say, but enjoying the goals. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's too late now. You just. <laughs> and to be so, fair, full disclosure, uh, I, I may have had it. I shouldn't actually put that. We don't we don't publicise betting companies here on Crowd because betting is just nonsense. But yes, I've been watching the uh, the football, <laughs> uh, which is why I've been occasionally glancing down, just looking at the uh, the score. So well done, Liverpool. That's why we support Liverpool, Ashton, because we yeah. we like to win. Um, but yes what's up what's happening next week matt very good question uh i don't actually know so um i am gonna i'm gonna pull it up and i'm gonna find out well we're um, hoping i mean it's great to have everyone join us this evening i've really enjoyed seeing the comments i can't quite type back in the comments but thank you everyone you could see some new names as well yeah and we hope that we're gonna keep joining keep connecting in um, particularly off the back of what we talked about, about how you discern what God's saying to you, the value of community to do yes. that and others to do that. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, and on that note, let me just put that on the screen, www.crowd.church or on social media at CrowdChurch. You can connect with us that way. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the email list. We'll send you an email out every week and letting you know what's going on. If you want to know more about the midweek community groups and getting involved in a Christian community, if you're not involved in one already, uh, even if you're not what you profess to be a Christian, that's fine. Come join us. We'd love to meet you. love to connect. Um, then we do those on a Wednesday night via Zoom. If Wednesday nights don't work for you, let us know. We can try and make other community times, uh, other times for the community to work for you. We would just love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us through the website, www.crowd.church. Get in touch with us and we will let you know all about those groups. Now, coming up next week, we have Dan and Ruth Orange hosting Crowd. They'll be back in the studio with the legendary Pete Farrington, who is talking about Acts 27 verses 1 through 4. And if you know Pete, it's going to be good because Pete is just a legend. Uh, love the bones off that man. 
And um, so, yeah, come join Dan and Ruth, brother and sister, Dan and Ruth Orange. Come and join them okay. next week. Uh, they're just awesome together, actually. Really funny. Uh, Ruth just gives Dan loads of grief, which I think is just uh, probably deserved as well, if I'm honest with you. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Awesome. John, anything from you in closing, bro? Guys, everyone watching, just pray that the Lord will bless you and um, pray that you will press in deeper into Jesus and his word over this coming week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for joining John and myself. Have a very, very uh, amazing week. Just just hope you hear God's voice. Um, if you are sort of new to the Christian faith or if you're wanting to understand it a little bit more, again, any questions, any prayer requests, just send them to us through the website or through WhatsApp. The WhatsApp number's on the website. We would love to hear from you. And there is an alpha course an online alpha course, which we have on the website, which you can work through. We know many, many people work through that um, as well. So a lot of questions answered there. But honestly, any questions, we would love to hear from you and we'll try our level best to help you uh, get to grips with it uh, because Jesus really is worth it. Really does help us live a meaningful life, as we like to say here on Crowd. Uh, one that is full of meaning and, and lots of laughter along the way. Awesome. So that's it from me. That's it from John. God bless you. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us, God bless you, bye for now.